everybody. This is your guy, Manny, and this is the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. Today, we have a special episode. This is the Back Row Commander Show. Um, we're going to talk post-draft. The Washington Commanders just had their draft. Some of the fans have the players that they like. Some, some of the fans like the players that they don't like. Some people say it was a weak uh, draft class. Some people say that it was a good draft, this and that. So we're going to break down the entire uh, uh, picks for the Commanders. And uh, we're also going to get to the undrafted free agents if we got some time. So without further ado, I'm going to run my intro and we're going to get this thing on and popping. So to kick things off, I'm going to give you guys some visual for those of you guys, some visual. So those of you guys that are watching on YouTube, you guys will get to see um, a visual of uh, these players and what Ron Rivera is saying. But for me, honestly, I love the I love the draft. I thought it was a pretty good draft. Um, you know, we're going to get to my favorite players, my not so favorite players. It seemed like the theme in this draft was to get the players that fit the system. So a lot of the players were, they reached on them. But at the end of the day, I, I do think that collectively they were able to put together a team that can come, you know, and help right away. Like all these guys that was drafted, they all have potential to come in and have an immediate impact, whether you believe it or not. So with the first overall pick, um, with, with our first first round pick, we were able to draft Jahan Dotson. Now, mind you, we traded back from 11 to 15. So there's always going to be that. Could Jahan Dotson be better than Chris Olave and Jamison Williams? Those are two players that Washington could have drafted. But for, for one, Jamison Williams is hurt. We don't know how long, you know, he, he stays out. He has to recover. Then he comes in. So to have that connection with Carson Wentz, I think they elected not to go Jamison Williams. And from what I hear, the football team, they loved – Jahan Dotson, the same as they loved Chris Olave. So they felt like, okay, we trade down and we can possibly grab one of these guys at 16. They were able to, they were able to pick up an uh, extra um, third and fourth, which they ended up flipping later for more picks. So it just makes sense. Uh, you were able to get a guy like uh, uh, Dotson. I'm going to uh, open up my, um, my computer and share what Ron Rivera thought about each and every one of the draft picks. So let me go to the website. All right, you guys see it here. So this is one thing that Ron Rivera said about every player that the commanders drafted in this draft class. Julia, Julia Donaldson had a great interview with Ron Rivera. They were talking about this draft class, and Ron Rivera had some interesting things to say. So here's Jahan Dotson, the guy that we drafted in the first round. He says, I think he is probably one of those guys who um, who was really seasoned. I guess that's seasoned. Who's really season ready? Okay, who's really season ready? He's one of those guys who is really season ready. He's a crispy route runner. He has great hands. Anywhere that Jahan Dotson goes, he has a football in his hand. That's just the kind of guy he is. People say he's smallest just because he's 5'11", about a buck 80. But the guy gets open. He gets elite separation. And that's one thing that I love about Jahan Dotson. Now, he goes on to say he's a guy who's going to come in 
and he's pro ready. So I felt that Olave was pro ready. I felt that, you know, Jahan Dotson was pro ready. I didn't have Jahan Dotson rated highly on my list of wide receivers. I wasn't much of a Drake London fan. I wasn't too high on uh, Burks, but you know, who knows? They might end up being pretty good pros themselves. But for what we needed, I needed a guy on the outside that can run some routes, get, se get separation, and catch the ball. I looked for uh, uh, routes, separation, speed, okay? With a guy like London, he doesn't get separation, but there's certain things that you can do with a Drake London. There's certain things you can do with a Traylon Burks. I just felt that Jahan Dotson was perfect for what we were trying to do. Of course, Garrett Wilson would have been perfect, too, because he's a guy that you can put the ball in his hands and he creates – so it's, it's all of these wide receivers are a little bit different. Jameson Williams, he can go deep, catch the ball, do different things. So with each of these wide receivers, everything was slightly different for each. So he goes on to say, Jahan Dotson, he understands what he's supposed to do uh, and how he needs to do it. We didn't bring him on a, on a top 30 visit just because we felt like we knew who he was. We use these 30 visits to get to know the guys and we had a few questions on, you know. So Ron Rivera is saying, look, just because you see me bringing in people, he does not bring in people just to bring in people. I mean, we all knew that there was interest in Jahan Dotson. We knew there was interest in guys like Olave and Garrett Wilson should they have, you know, fallen. Even in the second round, they decided to go with Fedarian. I hope I'm saying it right. Fedarian Mathis. Um, so a little bit about Fedarian Mathis. Mathis. I'm going to pull it up. Um, he's about 6'3". Um, 310 pounds, if I'm not mistaken. And he did some great things for Alabama. You know, he had nine sacks in his senior year. And people look at, at Mathis and say, oh, you know, why are you drafting a, a D-tackle in a weak D-tackle draft? If you compare Fidarian Mathis and, and uh, Deron Payne in their last years in Alabama, you'll see that Mathis had a better year. But that does not mean that Mathis is a better talent. Deron Payne is physically gifted. He's more physically gifted than Fedarian uh, uh, Mathis. But one thing I can say about Mathis is that he eats up double teams. This guy right here is tough. He's going to create opportunities for the linebackers behind him to make tackles. He's going to take out one or two guys every single time. You know, he's a sneaky, pretty, he's a sneaky good pass rusher. But let's see what Ron Rivera has to say about for Darian Mathis. He says he's a very selfless guy, very unselfish and willing to work. These are great characters. We like guys that are, you know, not selfish, guys that are willing to put in the work. And you kind of see that that's been the theme for Ron Rivera since he's been here in D.C. He also says one thing that he did uh, very well was he held the point of attack. He absorbed double teams. I mentioned that earlier. He allowed he allowed the linebackers to run. It says he allowed he he allowed them to run and be productive. So when you have a guy like Mathis, he's just eating up double teams, and that just creates space for you know uh, um, Davis and and some of these other linebackers that we have to create plays, including Cole Holcomb, even the guys that are playing the Buffalo nickel. So he also goes on to say. Um, one thing that one he says, one of the things that I always go back back to back in the day, he says, watching guys who ran well as linebackers. He says, um, that was because we had people in front that really knew how to absorb these blocks. So you really 
we know that Ron Rivera was a former linebacker. Jack DeRio, former linebacker. So maybe they haven't gotten it right in terms of drafting linebackers, but they know definitely what linebackers need in front of them to be successful. We all know that Deron Payne could possibly be gone after this season. We know that. But at the same time, you got to be able to be proactive. got to do your due diligence. <laughs> I remember when Mathis was drafted, there was rumors about he thought he was going in the third round or fourth round, and he was shocked to be in the second round. Yeah, your agent will tell you things to kind of temper your expectations. So we don't know, you know, what's being said, what's what's true, what's not true. But um, for Darian Mathis, I, I love to pick the more and more I dig into it. Um, he's going to be able to play a lot of that Matt Idonis role, Tim Settle role. So expect this guy to get some snaps. He's going to get at least 50% of the snaps between alternating between Allen and Payne, either way it goes. So if he's not going to be a starter, he might be a super sub. And it's all about where you get these players that fit your system. So, yes, he's reaching for these players, but, hey, he's getting the guys that he wants. And we don't even know how high uh, um, Mathis was on Ron Rivera's uh, board. We move on to one of my favorite picks in the entire draft. This was at pick 96. We drafted a true running back. We have JD. We have Antonio Gibson. But finally, we have a guy who's able to come in and produce immediately. So that's great for me. So a guy like uh, um, uh, James uh, Brian Robinson Jr., this guy right here, he's powerful, he's big, he's strong. He had over 1,600 yards from scrimmage, over 14-plus touchdowns, okay? Ron Rivera says, when you talk about the best player available, he was one of the guys that, that was there for us. So you see that Ron Rivera is looking for specific kinds of players. He's bringing in tough guys. He's bringing in guys that are going to come in with grit and some attitude, guys that are not lazy, guys that are hungry. He says, um, what, we, what we really did um, was – they like this ball security, he says. Yards after contact. That's something that Antonio Gibson could not do, which is yards after contact. This guy falls forward. He doesn't fall backwards. Ron Vera also goes on to say, I think he was number five total in power five conference in terms of yards after contact. He says, so this guy, um, so this is a guy that is tremendous, that, that has tremendous power, strength, and he's very stout at this point. He says um, the guy can move the ball. He also goes on to say um, he's going to be a very uh, – uh, um, he's going to fit in very nicely to what Antonio Gibson does. So that's something that we haven't had. We need a, a guy that's finesse like Antonio Gibson that can run and, you know, is elusive, that, that can catch the ball. But then now you have a true power guy that can go through the middle. Not only that, not only be your goal line back, but he's a guy that can get you some tough yards. This guy has the potential to take over in two years if you don't pay Antonio Gibson. I believe he's that good. In my fantasy drafts, I'm drafting Brian Robinson Jr. I just feel like he's going to be an asset for this team moving forward. And he's a sneaky, pretty good wide receiver. So um, he does have some receiving upside. So uh, I do love what he brings to the table. It's going to be a fun season. He is by far my favorite mid-round pick in this draft. So with our fourth-round pick, we were able to draft this guy right here, Percy Butler. Percy Butler, you know, comes from a small school. What do you really even know about this guy? 
All we know is that this guy is gonna is is a Ron Rivera type guy. People said, "Oh, why are we drafting a special teams guy? Because he's really good when it comes to you know being a gunner. He's really really good." And people were like, "Why are you drafting a guy that plays special teams in the fourth round?" Well, remember years ago they drafted Troy Ackby that had speed. It didn't work, but it might be different for this guy. Uh, I believe that this guy right here has all the tools to succeed as a special teamer. Not only that, as a uh, a member of this defense. Um, let me keep going. We go on to read what Ron Rivera has says, said about this guy. He says, he'll be part of our Buffalo. <laughs> I said Buffalo. <laughs> he'll be part of our Buffalo and nickel packages. I guess Buffalo is when you try to combine Buffalo and nickel together. Buffalo. But yeah, he'll be part of our Buffalo and nickel packages, which is good. So you don't have to play a linebacker that can't cover. This guy is an actual free safety. He hits hard, but he's a free safety. He has 4-3 speed, so he, he can run. He can run, run. Um, hopefully he... He's, you know, when this guy runs, he's really making tackles. Go check out his tape on YouTube. I mean, his highlights or whatever. He's really, really good at special teams. He says he'll get an opportunity to play the nickel position. We are trying to bring back Landon Collins. If we don't, I can see this guy being used. Of course, he's like, you know, smaller. But at the same time, he he, he offers some of the things, some of the skill set that Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio want to see. They said, um, and when he we go uh, to a big nickel, we could use him as a safety. So he's not going to be that big linebacker. You know what I'm saying? He, he's he's, he's, he's going to play some – I see him in a slot. I see him, you know, as a Buffalo nickel. But like like he says, when they go big nickel, meaning like that Landon Collins type guy, then that's when you see him revert towards the safety position. And then he says – or he could end up as the big nickel. So, I mean – Ron Rivera, he preaches position flex. So we're going to see this guy being moved around from Buffalo nickel, nickel packages, big Buffalo, uh, small Buffalo, all the Buffalo wings you can have. He's going to be around. So it's it's just it's just good to to see that he's going to be involved with, with the team. We also know that we have Derek Forrest. We have some younger safeties. We have some older ones. So it's a mixture of safeties that we have. I don't see, I don't know if we add another guy in free agency to compete with these guys, with these younger guys, because you can't hand them anything. They have to earn their spot. So Ron Rivera says, we're going to continue to be able to use our three safety defense. So <laughs> we might possibly add another safety after after that comment. Ron Rivera just wants to have three safeties out on the floor at all times. And when that happens, you can only run two run, uh, two linebackers. So I'm not too worried about, oh, the team did not draft a linebacker, this and that. All right, so we keep on moving. Um, it says, um, because of his versatility, his speed, his quickness, he plays smart. We're, um, we are pretty excited about this pick. So already he's going to be one of the gunners for this team. He's going to play special teams all over special teams. I see this guy as a guy that can develop into a special teams captain. This guy is a leader. He's hungry. Uh, you guys check him out, Percy Butler. Now, the fifth round pick was possibly, could possibly be the steal of the draft. Here is Sam Howell, a guy who played in North Carolina, had a great freshman season. And he's a guy that people saw as a potential franchise quarterback. Obviously, last year, he lost a lot of his weapons. Newsom and De'Ami Brown, who they connect back together now in D.C., uh, Javante Carter, uh, I mean, Javante Williams and Michael Carter, he loses these, these four guys, these four skilled players. So, of course, his numbers will naturally fall, especially when you don't replenish that talent around him. 
You know, he's a smaller guy, no. six foot, but at the same time, he can scramble. He can scramble. Um, he's pretty, pretty, pretty solid. And um, who knows? He comes in as the fifth round pick, right? First pick of the fifth round pick. And he's going to be able to sit behind Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is on a one-year deal. If Carson Wentz doesn't work out, you make him expendable, and the team can still draft a quarterback next year in the first or, well, we don't have a second round or so, possibly, so we can trade up. But uh, just gives you extra security. He's a guy that can come in and beat out Heineke in a year and then become the number two. And then next, going into next year, now you're talking about a Sam Howell possibly getting that starting position. Even if Sam Howell is developed for two years, it's the best-case scenario. You got one of the best quarterbacks in this draft. Granted, it was a weak draft for quarterbacks, but at the same time, Howell can end up being the best quarterback in this draft. And you got him in the fifth round. If he develops into something within the next four, three to four years, then you have a trade chip, a trade, a bargain piece, if you don't decide to keep Howell as part of the future. So this right here was just a great, great pick for Washington. Uh, you couldn't beat it. It was, a, it was I mean, it was a no-brainer all around. Um, absolutely, absolutely just love this pick. Let me pause this real quick. Now, moving on to our next pick. Let's go ahead and slide on over. This guy's a guy that I – look, I was looking at Cole Turner, and I felt that Cole, Cole Turner could be a really, really good tight end. I played in a lot of tight end premium leagues in fantasy, and when I was looking at Cole Turner, I'm like, Man, who is this kid? He has the hair. He has the flair. He just has that look of a – natural tight end, which is something that we haven't really had. We have projects at tight end outside of John Bates. We have guys that are learning how to play tight end, even Logan Thomas. You know, it took him all these years to become the tight end that he is today. But you grab Cole Turner in the fifth round, uh, pick 149 overall. Um, I'm going to read what Ron, what Ron Rivera said. He says, it's a lot you can do with him. It really is. He says, and that's the neat thing about it. Tremendous catch radius. This guy can really go up and get the football. Now we just added a very intriguing piece to us. I mean, if you go and you look at how he plays, I mean, high catch radius. Throw it up anywhere. He's going to box you out, high point the ball, and bring it down. Cole Turner has a chance to be a really good tight end. And you can say, well, he was a fifth rounder. Do you know how many great or good tight ends that, that were, were drafted in, in the fifth round? So, I mean, I really, really like this pick. Let me see what John Kime says about this pick. Let me pull it up. I just had it pulled up. All right. So, John John Kime says, we needed another pass-catching tight end with Logan Thomas recovering from ACL in December. And we know that Logan Thomas might not be back in December. He might not be back. He might like we don't know when Logan Thomas is coming back. He says their number two tight end, uh, John Bates, was more of a blocker and a functional receiver. Number three tight end was Simmons Reyes, just finished his first season of organized football. Turner isn't known for his blocking, but he uses his size at 6'6, um, well as a receiver and uh calls, you know, on his uh skills that is home through, like you know, catching the ball, high pointing the ball. Um, you know, he played basketball, so he has that basketball background, uh, and that's what helps him with these contested throws. And we know that Carson Wentz loves to throw the tight ends, right? So when you look at the tight ends that we have, it doesn't seem like we're going to bring in anybody else through, like, free agency. 
I don't know, maybe Eric Ebron. Who I mean, who's really out there? So I think they're gonna roll with these three young tight ends and uh John Bates, Cole Turner, and Simmons Reyes. Hopefully, another year of development. We do have good coaching and good grooming, so I'm okay with that. We we move on to our seventh pick of this draft, and that is Chris Paul, the guard. Not Chris Paul, the guard that plays for Phoenix, but Chris Paul, the guard who played for Tulsa. Okay, he's a really big guard. He's 6'4, he's 223 pounds. I'm going to give you Ron Rivera's take, and I'm going to give you John Kimes' take. Ron Rivera says this is the biggest thing for Christian is really getting in, getting himself geared up, learn what we're doing. Obviously, he's a seventh rounder, so you're not expecting too much out of him, but. We do have a good offensive line coach, and at the end of the day, you need depth all around to make things, you know, you know, work smoothly and seamlessly. So um, he says uh, he wants them to become part of what we're doing and, and then figuring out how you fit in. Says being the last pick for us uh, is kind of interesting situation because there's definitely is no pressure. But with that, um, we do like his physicality, his quickness, his speed. Which all, which you know, all comes to play. He's raw. He's a raw talent. We all know that seventh round guard. They're usually a raw talent, but the, I feel like you can find a guard in any part of the draft. It's all about how you're able to hone these skills for these guys. How you're able to cultivate their skills and, and, and uh, things of that nature. So um, he says um, he really would love to see the opportunity for you know him to to really show what he can do. John Kime goes on to break this down even further. He says Washington needed more depth along the interior line. But considering where he was picked, it's hard to say that Paul would provide immediate help. We all know he's a project. I mean, to me, he's a project. He started at guard one season but spent two years in uh, playing tackle position. So he's a guy that offers you some position flex, kind of like uh, Sadiq Charles. Played, you know, some tackle, played some guard. Uh, but I would love to start him off as a guard. And then you move him out there to tackle. You know, he has good size. He's 6'4", 323 pounds. Um, he says, but there are questions about his footwork. Washington, though, wanted to get more physical up front. Right guard remains to be unsettled uh, starting job. Um, along with the offensive line for Washington. It's a big leap. Leap of faith. You know what I'm saying? You got to take a leap of faith. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's a rookie. But the commander's uh, uh, line coach, John Masco, excels in developing young linemen. Washington gave him another player to mold. I look, John Masco is one of the best in the league. And I'm, I, look, I'm intrigued to see what John Masco can do with this guy. Now, we move on to the last pick of the draft. Uh oh, did I skip one? So that, okay, this is for Chris Paul. Oops. So I started reading. <laughs> I started reading. Uh, uh, okay, I mixed it all up. I'm sorry. So, this is Chris Paul, and then the last pick of the draft was Christian Holmes. So, here's what um, here's what John Kimes says about Christian Holmes. You know, Washington needed more depth and competition at corner. You know, that does not really uh, change anything, considering that Holmes was you know selected in the seventh round. Um, he's considered to be an aggressive corner, especially with his hands. So I love physical corners. Um, hopefully they let these guys play some man and get out of their zone. I mean, I don't like the zone that, that we try to play. We have man corners. Put him in man. So, um, you know, he's he ran 4-5 in his 40. 
uh, has 39 inches uh, uh, on his vertical jump. He's 5'11", but that's a good size for a corner. You know, you don't expect your corners to be six foot, seven, you know, I mean, you know, five five eleven is a good size for corners. Um, so, you know, right now we have William Jackson the third. You have Kendall Fuller, and then you have Benjamin St. Juice. So they add this seventh-round pick in there to give them four corners, and then let's see who else makes the team. Maybe Matt Tyre, some of these other guys that we have. Maybe we pick up some guys in free agency to kind of round out that group. But, um, yeah, like I said, I love the draft. These are some names that you don't know right now, but as rookie camps pop up and, you know, you continue to move on into the season, um, things are going to change. Things are going to change drastically. So what I want to share with you guys is – some of the undrafted free agents that Washington has drafted. Um, I want to kick things off with the list. So let me go ahead and find that. I'm going to put it up. I'm going to go through the, I'm going to go through that list, and then we're going to go from there. So you have Devontae Cross, a corner from Virginia. You have Josh Drayden, Jaquez Ezrit. Uh, Farad Gardner, another safety. This guy played with Percy Butler in Louisiana. Um, you have Curtis Hodges, tight end. Um, you have Cole Kelly. You have Kyrick McGowan, Jacob Panasuk. Panas, I can't even pronounce. I can't pronounce his name. I'm sorry. You have Armani Rogers, tight end from Ohio. Somebody says he's like um, similar to Cole. I have not really looked into him. Tyrese Robinson. A guard, you have cornerback Devin Taylor, Trey Walker, and Drew White. Drew White, I've been excited about. I've been I've been excited about Drew White. Um, I put together a small little thread, nothing major. Put together a small little thread last night. Um, so I'm going to go through that, kind of introduce you to who Drew White is. Um, I think he has potential to be a really, really, really good player. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for him because he's very – he's tough. Uh, he's he's instinctive, in, instinctive. Um, let me go up to the beginning of this. So this is Drew White, middle linebacker from uh, Notre Dame. You know, um, he plays with just great speed and intensity. Um, the only knock on him would be maybe his coverage skills. Um, but like I said, man, he like. He is strong. He's powerful. He's quick enough. He's a good run stopper. Um, I'm going to pull up what he did at um, Notre Dame. It seems like he's just always there to make plays. That's one of the best things that I like about uh, Drew White. He's always there to make plays. He is six foot even. He's 228 pounds. So just say 230 pounds, six foot even. So you say he's small, but 230 pounds is that's that. Look, that is okay for a linebacker. And because he's a little bit lighter, he's a lot quicker. You know, he can definitely make some plays. I see him more of a Sam linebacker. But I'm going to go through my entire assessment of this guy. Um, so if you scroll down, here's what his former teammate Drew White said about best player on the field, um, even with Kyle Hamilton on the field. But anyways, uh, Drew, 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 Drew White, man, he's an amazing guy. He's a true leader, um, true, true vocalist um, in terms of his um, – uh, play on the field. Uh, you can always count on him. He's an accountable guy, and um, you know he's a genuine guy. And you know that's always somebody that you want in the middle of your defense. You know, I mean, you want the best player that's uh, kind of vocal and and will lead by example. So that's that's exactly what Dwight would bring uh, this year. And you guys be looking for a figure out of him. So.
So former teammate, um, giving high praise for Drew White. But then you have the fans out there saying, but he's so small. But he's six foot tall, 230 pounds. I don't understand how that is small. Um, I did converse with uh, King right here. Um, he talked about him wanting Chad Muma. Yeah, I wanted Chad Muma too because Chad Muma, I feel, is a pure middle linebacker. I don't think that N'Kobe Dean is. Um, N'Kobe Dean is like in the same category as this guy, but way more athletic. N'Kobe Dean is way more athletic. He can do a lot of different things, but I don't know if N'Kobe Dean can be a true Mike. I don't know. I don't know. Only time will tell. At the end of the day, London Fletcher was very small, very undersized, but he was a true Mike. I mean, there was nothing that London Fletcher couldn't do, and that has earned him a potential Hall of Fame career. So I'm never going to speculate. I'm not saying that this guy is going to be the next, you know, uh, Hall of Fame linebacker. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that we might have something here. Little play. Notre Dame checks out. If you see Hamilton, he moves out to the outside. Linebacker drops instead of blitzing. White gets a hand on the ball. And then Hamilton, then he decides to go to another play. Notre Dame checks out. If you see Hamilton, he moves out to the outside. Linebacker drops instead of blitzing. White gets a So you guys see the anticipation to where he's able to read and react. That's what you need. You need players that are proactive. He was able to read and react. That's what you need. Uh, the guy is just, I mean, he's tenacious. He's tenacious. This is a practice, a little clip. Um, he's just one of those guys, one of those energy guys, one of those guys that people love to be around. So, yeah, I'm all in on Drew White. Uh, let's see what happens. If anything, he's definitely going to help that special team. When you're adding guys, um, we signed um, Alex Erickson today, um, kick kickoff returner, punt returner, slot wide receiver. He's going to play in, in the special teams in the kick and the punt return. We added Percy Butler. And then if you bring in a Drew, uh, Drew White, these are three guys that I believe that can really make our special teams special. If he's not getting on, if he's not getting on the field with the defensive packages, I can definitely see Drew White being part of that special teams. I'm going to play one more clip. So, man, look, Drew White, he's able to read the defense. His eyes is always moving. He's like, where can I find the gap? Where can I find somebody to hit? He's always hungry. When you're hungry, you eat. Three. So, And every time there's like a loose ball, he's one of those guys that's first to the ball. He's like a hungry, hungry hippo. You know what I'm saying? He's always there. He's always ready to eat. So just want to kind of share a little bit about Drew White. Man, y'all go ahead, read up on him. Look him, you know, look him up. Check out his uh, his 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 highlights, his stats. I believe he's somebody that can come in and help this team. So, guys, this is my time. This is the Back Row Commander Show. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, I will be breaking down a few players individually um, and dropping that. So, please be sure to subscribe. Please be sure to share. Um, and I will catch you guys on that next episode. I'm out. Peace.